Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome on all to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby here on the Believe Network. No Defoe, just Luby today and a man we've talked to throughout the years. Longtime cover of the NFL, senior NFL writer with Yahoo Sports. One and only Frank Schwab is our guest today here on After Hours. Good morning, good afternoon, Mr. Frank Schwab. How you doing? Hey, good. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. All righty. So you're out there. We'll start where you are because we've talked with you for years about Denver's quarterback situation going back to when Peyton got there, then when Peyton looked half dead, then the fun after Peyton Manning, then the Aaron Rodgers rumors, and they finally got their guy in Russell Wilson. We thought until they needed to kick a 64-yarder with a minute left and had a $250 million man in his home because he won Super Bowl and should have won two as a Seattle Seahawk, and their newly minted young upstart coach decided to kick a 64-yarder instead of trying to get five yards with Russell Wilson. So we'll head out to Denver where you are and who you sort of cover in a sense outside of covering the NFL as a whole. Uh, I'll just go right there. What were your thoughts as you're watching that go down when, to me, it, it felt like it was a gimme decision that Nathaniel Hackett made a tough and sort of stupid decision? Yeah, it it was baffling. I, I mean, as the time is running down, you're like, what what's going on? Do they understand this? So then, you know, I mean, even Troy Aikman, Joe Buck in the booth didn't really know. Like, they were talking about, like, wow, they haven't lost themselves a lot of time, even if they get the first down here. I mean, they never crossed their minds that they were going to try a field goal. And, you know, I, I, I think it's pretty clear what happened, you know, just kind of reading through, you know, listening to the post-game stuff and all that is, Nathaniel Hackett just trusted his players, and he's a rookie head coach. He wants to show, hey, guys, I trust you. So Brandon McManus, I mean, this is what Russell Wilson said. Russell Wilson said McManus told us, hey, get us at a 46-yard line on the left half, and I'm good. And, you know, Nathaniel Hackett wanting to, you know, make good impression on his players and stuff probably just trusted him. Just, hey, I'm going to trust my guys, right? Rah, rah, rah. And so when they, instead of kind of critically thinking about it and knowing that all players are going to be overconfident, he, you know, they get to the 46 yard line and he says, shut it down. We got it. We're good. And he should have been thinking like, wow, yeah, this is a 64 yard field goal and sea level. This isn't going to go well. Cause only two of these have been made in NFL history. So I, I truly do think it's one of those things where he can learn from it. I mean, there are people out here who are just freaking out, and I don't know that I'm there yet on Nathaniel Hackett that he's going to be some zero of a coach, but I, I think he clearly made the wrong call. He said the next day he made the wrong call, and that's, you know, hey, sometimes that happens. You, you, you have something in your mind of, this is where my kicker told me his range was. We got to that range. I let him kick it, and he was, you know, missed wide left by a couple feet. So I think you'll learn, but in the, it's just it's a, a horrific decision-making process for sure. Well, and look, and we coaches do this all the time where they look at media and they look at fans like, you don't know more than me. 
and I will say this, even when I'm disagreeing with a coach, I don't. <laughs> like, you've made this your life's work. Right. I know what you know in your pinky. That doesn't mean I don't know anything. It doesn't mean that you can't, you're not, in, you're infallible in making more decisions. And, and Devo talks about this all the time, and he's not wrong. Like, sometimes you don't get cute, right? You are a new coach. You paid, as a franchise, a lot of money and did a lot to get Russell Wilson. To me, you, you said it, he did a lot of critical... He didn't do critical thinking. I don't think he needed to. Like, I think he made this a bigger decision than it needed to be. You had a minute. Russ was on the field. They just got a nice little gain to go from third and long to fourth and five. I get it. McManus can make a 64-yarder. Well, then hopefully he can make a 55-yarder. You know, like, we've seen kickers struggling right, across right. college football and the NFL. You're not in Denver. Like, to me, a lot, and you're around these coaches. You, you see it. Like, sometimes you don't have to think. Sometimes you can just do. At least that's my my philosophy. Like sometimes just go, go for it, just go, you know. And then if right. they don't get it, yeah, it goes on Russ at that point. It doesn't go on him. Absolutely, and, and nobody. I mean, if they go for a fourth and five, and you don't get it. It's like, well, okay. There, we'd be talking about you know fumbling twice at the goal line and the yep. the mistakes they made in the first in the first half, not guarding anybody over the middle of the field and stuff. <laughs> so yes, you're. I, I believe it. Yes, you're absolutely right, and. But it is shocking how many coaches. I mean, look, the time management, clock management stuff for these guys, game management, is just baffling how bad some of these guys are at it. Because, I mean, the old joke, and it gets told a million times, but it's absolutely true, that there's a 12-year-old kid who plays Madden who could do better than these guys at game management. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, you're right. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. Like, we don't, you know, we don't know play calling yeah, it, these guys grind it out on film every single day and they see some opening in a we're going to call this play in this situation sometimes the other team just makes the play and it looks bad right like you get caught in a backfield but you've you, we don't know the everything that goes on but game management we kind of know and that, that's why one of these reasons these guys get criticized for it so hard is a Everybody kind of can understand, hey, you need to call your timeouts here. You need to go for it here. And these coaches, and the other part is they, these coaches screwed up all the time. And it's they spend 70, 80, 90 hours <laughs> figuring out, hey, if it's between third and four and third and six, they're going to run this exact blitz, and we're going to beat them with this exact route combination. And they don't think to themselves, hey, I need to call my timeout so the minute they go in the half to get the ball back. I, I, they just it's, it's kind of baffling how – no, but very few anyway. Coaches have really mastered that part of the game, and that that stuff could cost you wins, just as probably more so than some of this minute play calling stuff they spend so much time obsessing about. So we move on from week one to week two. Week one was actually for NFL, and I get it. The first month has now become the preseason for a lot of uh, organizations. As you're hearing, players now complain about not getting time, including Aaron Rodgers and, and Russ Wilson in the preseason. But you saw some surprises. The Bears go and take on a Niners team that people think were a Super Bowl contender, and I guess in many ways still are. You saw the Texans to a tie with a Colts team that a lot of people think can contend in the AFC. And then, look, the former number one seed in the Titans from last year were in a dogfight, including the mm. Vikings going taking out the Packers. So from week one to week two, what are you looking to see continue in some of those surprises, or do you think we're just one-hit wonders? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's so hard to separate it because – Every year in week one, we see weird stuff happen, right? I mean, it just happens. But, I mean, there was so much of it in week one. That's the <laughs> problem. It's like, you know, if, if anybody out there is in a survivor pool, you're, they 
condolences because you're out. Like there's nobody <laughs> left in Survivor pools unless you have somehow took the Ravens last week. Yeah. I mean, all these teams lost, and so I think that you know, I, there there's some teams that just aren't going to be good, and I think the Titans are in that bin. I really do. I just think the Titans are in for a really long year. Another team that looked kind of surprisingly bad. Not that they lost because they lost to a good team, but the, the Arizona Cardinals to me look like a team that whoa, th- there might be some issues here. This might be a bad football team. But we'll see. I mean, Chiefs are a very good football team, so they, they they might just lost to a good Chiefs team. That that does happen. But I think the one the the one outcome because both teams were involved that I really am keeping an eye on is Packers Vikings yeah, because the Vikings look like such yeah, Packers. The Vikings look like a, a far superior team. Like I I thought the Vikings were going to win. I did. I, oh, okay. I I I thought it was just a bad spot for the Packers. But I thought it was going to be you know twenty three twenty and the you know Packers missed a field goal at the end or something. That was a complete and utter domination. Where if if you knew nothing about the teams beforehand, you came out of that game saying, well, the Vikings are clearly the better team. Like there's no question about it. And so does that continue? Is it, are the Packers somehow? I mean, we, they did this week one last year too. They got blown out by the Saints. But are the Packers suddenly really vulnerable? And we just saw the first part of that on Sunday. Are the Vikings really, really good? I'm I'm really excited to see them play at Philly on Monday night. I love Philly this year. I think Philly's a really, really good team. But if Minnesota can go there and win, all of a sudden we're saying Minnesota might be the best team in the NFC, like, it's, or at least you know up there with the Bucks. Uh, it's it, that was the one outcome where I looked and I said this might actually stick all season because it was just so stunning to see the Vikings look that much better than the Packers. That was that was never a competitive game ever. It was just a total obliteration from beginning to end for the Vikings. So really interested to see both of those teams and how they bounce back in week two. Well, and, they, and those are the two the two games to me that, because look, again, week one, especially now with a weirdo preseason where no one plays, you you shouldn't, at least I try not to take too much from it. But the two outcomes that were interesting to me when it comes to the entirety of the season, from the way they were covered after by the local uh media that I, that you hear nationally, right? The Niners game is weird to me because Trey Lance, all we heard offseason yeah. was is the dude. Literally, like, they usually you get the speculation that, no, Shanahan came out and said, this is our guy, and where they were shopping Garoppolo. Then, weirdly, the week of the season, they re-signed Garoppolo, which I don't know if we talked to me. We talked to other people, and they were like, yeah, that's a little weird. Well, you saw it there. Yeah. Lance did not look good, and... The questions start to bubble up. Will Garoppolo play? The Niners are supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. Everywhere else, they're loaded. And to me, to lose to the Bears the way they lost, it was like, ah, that was a little weird. And then the Vikings the other way, where the Vikings could have been interesting. They look like a juggernaut. The defense looked spectacular. The offense looked good. Cousins looked like a guy that was worth that contract. Justin Jefferson, who was in the top five, top ten receiver conversation, looked like he's freaking uh, Randy Moss and Jerry Rice combined. Like, the dude, it's Cooper Cup. Combined with with Tyreek Hill, like the dude has the speed, the route tree, size, everything, versus legit secondary, was like, these are things that I feel like could continue for the rest of the season. You already talked about the Vikings. What about the Niners? Like that Trey Lance thing, I, I don't know, man. I get it. It's only like his third start, and he's young, and he should get more time. But sucks for him. He's on a good team. He's not... Tua or or Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence. He's not on the Jags. He's on a team with Super Bowl aspirations. And those quarterbacks usually don't get a lot of leeway. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the, the Jimmy G thing, it, 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 Jimmy G was on the 
Washington Commanders right now or Seattle Seahawks or whoever, I don't think the pressure would be the same. I don't think yeah. there would be this kind of underlying narrative of, well, Trey Lance struggled. Yeah, Trey Lance did struggle. There was also such a monsoon that Fox yeah, had to superimpose right. numbers on the field because he couldn't <laughs> see them anymore. Like, I mean, it was a crazy yeah. weather game. I, but he looked bad. Like there's a, look, no matter what, the Bears played in that field too, yeah. and the Bears are one of the worst rosters in the NFL. And you lost nineteen ten. I heard somebody else say like, when it was nineteen ten, you knew that there was no chance for it now, none. And it was like, wow, it's true because I was sitting there saying this game's over. Like it's not like we were like Trey Lance can get them back in this game. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's one of the kind of all of a sudden all ton of uh, hot seat for Trey Lance basically is you can't come out this week and struggle against Seattle. And the funny thing is, I guess there's like an 80% chance of rain in San Francisco this weekend. So (laughs) he might get another bad weather game, but he he doesn't, like you said, it wasn't to our Trevor Lawrence or something where you kind of have, Hey, whatever, we're going to go through our growing pains and that's fine. It's what what if they're all in two and he struggles, you know, Shanahan, there's all been a lot of stuff about a lot of rumors and, and not founded rumors. So I'm not, I'm not trying to drum that up, but a lot of rumors of Shanahan really wasn't all that sold on Trey Lance. And oh, he didn't really? really want him. Oh God. Yeah. And it's that they, this was not, you know, and I don't know, I don't know how true that is or not, but I do know that Jimmy Garoppolo has won a ton of games for Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo will run the offense exactly how Kyle Shanahan wants. And if they're, if they are 0-2 and Trey struggles again, you can't tell me that that's not in the back of Shanahan's mind. You just can't tell me that he wouldn't be considering it. I think Trey Lance is a good player. I think he's going to be fine. I kind of give him a pass for week one while also acknowledging, yeah, that was really ugly and that was a terrible loss. And you just can't lose to the Bears. If you are if you want to win the NFC West this year, you cannot lose to the Chicago Bears no matter what. I don't care if it's a monsoon. Like, it was it was bad. It was a bad game. So, let's see. They're probably going to be without George Kittle again. So, you know, I think Trey Lance is the one player out of everybody who he's on the hot seat already, I think. I, I just can't imagine San Francisco having that much patience with him if he struggles because, just like you said, they're a team of Super Bowl aspirations. This isn't the Jaguars. This is a team that we can't start on three, Trey. Sorry, Jimmy's going in there. I, I don't know if it will be that quick, but I, I can't rule it out either. All right, before I let you go, I, and it's funny because I, you were on this, I don't know, bandwagon, but most of the people that talk, no NFL, were very high in the Bills, and they were the overwhelming, not the favorite, mm. the overwhelming, because, again, they're in the AFC, the tougher conference, and they're considered the best team. So they were the overwhelming favorite to win it all. I, Defoe and myself, were both like, I get it, and McDermott's a good coach, and Allen's grown, and da-da-da-da, but I don't know why we have a weird feeling. Well, game one, <laughs> wiped that away for both of us. Um, I'll be, I'll put it to you simply, like, Bills are field. Like, there's a lot of really good teams in this league, and it still, it feels like the Bills are just a notch ahead of them. Yeah, and I mean... It's the NFL, and anything can happen in a one-game yeah, playoff yeah, situation. So I would take the field, but I there's if you're picking like right now, if we were to reset it and do Super Bowl predictions, honestly, if you're picking anybody other than the Bills, you're just trying too hard. You really are. Like I mean, that is the best team. I, I guess you can make an argument for the Chiefs. Or, I, I I don't even know who else. Like know, even the Buccaneers, people are talking about the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers didn't look great. Everybody's talking about the Cowboys because the Cowboys look terrible, but. Buccaneers didn't look good either. He scored one touchdown. I, I was like, okay, well, it, it wasn't. To me, it, the Bucs didn't blow me away, and they're taking on a lot of injuries. 
So you're looking, who's the best team in the NFL right now? It it has to be the Bills. And I think we're going to see it again on Monday night. They they host the Titans, and I think they're just going to crush them. I just, I think the Bills are just, they have the best team, they have the best roster. I will say this, the one thing that worries me, and it worries everybody, is some crazy revelation. If Josh Allen keeps running like this, he could really screw up their season. And I get it. I love the competitive, the competitive edge he has. I love the, the moxie. I love all that. But you have to understand that you're too valuable to the franchise to be stiff-arming guys with your right hand. <laughs> you have to understand that you, you can't run this. You can't just lower your shoulder into every single defender. you got to slide. Like, you are not going to survive very long in the NFL. And if you go down, they ain't winning nothing with Case Keenum. I'll tell you that. So that's the one thing that came I was like, the two things that came out from the Bills game was the Bills are really, really good. And Josh, somebody needs to sit down Josh Allen and tell him, dude, you need to slide. You can't run like this all season. So I hope that that doesn't derail their season because I think they can really have a special season. I said before, you know, we, me and Charles Robinson, my coworker had a podcast, and I, I did say, like, this, you just get the feeling like this could be some kind of special 15-2 and two type of season for the Bills, and I'll stick by that because surely nothing they did on opening night <laughs> got me off of that track. I, they are the best team of football, and they could be miles ahead of everybody. And then it's just, hey, can you – survive this one and then playoff uh, format to, to finally win a Super Bowl for Buffalo. Well, and that's and the thing, and a lot of people will kind of with that is, yeah, but with Josh Allen, we've seen what he is when he doesn't run. There's just a different thing to his game when he's running. I'm not saying don't run. And, that, and it's funny you said that, and a lot of people are finally right. catching up to this, but Russell Wilson during his whole career never gets hit. Like, there's got to be something yeah. to being able to get out there Making keeping a play alive, he's a big strong dude, and not looking for like he looks for contact. <laughs> like it's like, dude, yeah. look what did it, it, like you're too good, and your team needs him so much. It's I'm I'm curious how he they get it into his head and how he figures out how to hone the, what's good about the running without the bad. Right, and I, I mean another guy I think about is Lamar Jackson, who he is. It, Every year he challenges the record for most rushing yeah. attempts by a quarterback in a yeah. season. I think that, yeah. you know, he's, I think he's played four seasons by now and he has like four of the top five all times yeah. <laughs> running, yeah. but he never gets hit ever. He's just, yeah. he's really, really smart about getting down when he has to. It's, it's almost like Wayne Gretzky, you know, yeah. to age myself. But do you remember? I mean, yeah. Wayne Gretzky is the best player in hockey, and everybody who's in that era in yeah, the 80s trying to take him out. <laughs> Gretzky was just amazing at rolling off hits. He just – he never got hit flush. And neither is Lamar Jackson, neither does Russell Wilson, but then you got Josh Allen. Like you said, he is absolutely like, hey, bring it on. I want to – and sometimes, okay, fine. I mean, I get it. It's third and eight, and it's the fourth quarter, and you want to – or it's early in the game, you want to set a statement or whatever. But – Every single dot, you can't do it. You can't survive like that. It reminds me of Cam Newton. Cam Newton yep. was done by age 30. And I'm not, I mean, we're not just talking, I'm just talking about this season. We're talking about a guy who the Buffalo Bills want this guy to be their quarterback for 10 more years, 12 more years. And so I, I hope just because he's such a fun player and he has improved uh, as much as any player I've ever seen in the NFL to become basically, he's the MVP favorite too. I mean, if you're asking me who's the MVP, well, it's, <laughs> It's Josh Allen right now. I mean, there, there's no question in my mind about that. So I, I just want I want him to be a little bit smarter. Like you said, just you don't need to run everybody over, Josh. Sometimes it's okay. Instead of trying to get nine yards, just slide and take six. I think the Bills will be fine long term if you do that. The one and only Frank Schwab. Follow him up on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. Frank, appreciate it and look forward to talking to you again soon, my friend. Absolutely. I always appreciate it. Be well.
That is Frank Schwab, or was Frank Schwab. This is After Hours with DFN Luby on the Believe Network. Check us out mornings. We do our live thing on South Florida Live or the Default Show with Luby. Look up either on YouTube or Google. South Florida Live, the Default Show with Luby. We also are affiliated with our South Florida stuff. If you're a South Florida sports fan or not, we have our South Florida stuff on the Five Reasons Sports Network and here, our national podcast, the Believe Network. For the Absent Default, thank you again to Frank Schwab. I am Mike Luby Lubitz. Whether you're my Florida State Seminoles going to Louisville tonight, whether you're a Packers fan trying to lick your wounds and relax, as Aaron Rodgers said last year, no matter what in sports, whether your team's winning or losing, you got to believe. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar, and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.